0: What's up everybody, welcome back to another episode of the First Defense Audio Installment. It's Tuesday, a couple days after Gateway, which was kind of a weird race for me, I'll talk about that later, but nonetheless, Kyle Busch gets his third win, matching his, so he he got three wins with JGR in his last two years, two in 2021, one in 2022, and he got one in 2020, so this year he has a potential... he needs one more win to match his last three years at JGR. He's also keeping pace with all of JGR. Four against one. He's got three. They got three. Truex, Bell, Denny. And also, if he gets one more win, I think that would put him in a three-way tie, four-way tie. Some kind of tie for the most wins in the next-gen car between him, Byron, Elliot. And maybe Larson. Yeah, Larson has five. I also want to talk about Corey LaJoy's day, Carson Hosevar, a couple other things, the Syndrick Austin Dillon thing. Pretty tame race, but still got a lot to talk about. So getting right into finish p- finishing positions, we got Calbush, Denny, Legano, Larson, Truex, Blaney, Suarez, Byron, McDowell, and Harvick. It is crazy that Larson finished fourth. Even Byron was struggling. He got up there at the end, and then he fell way back down. But they just fought back up to a eighth place finish. Really good run for McDowell. We'll talk about him later. Logano ended up beating Blaney when Blaney was the better Penske car all day. Just Logano, he just finds a way to get up there at the end. All right, let's go over the standings now. Definitely had some big changes in the standings. They're just so tight that it's just every single week there's some kind of drastic change. Blaney is now the points leader. Byron is in second. Harvick, Truex, Chastain all the way down to fifth, and it is just not looking good for him these last few days. I just... Not these last few days, these last few races, sorry. He's just... Every time something big happens with him... Whether it be in the media or, I mean, usually he kind of just brushes it off. But when something like the Larson thing happened, last year I think it was the Pocono thing when Hamlin wrecked him, all of a sudden he just falls apart. And I feel like we're seeing that again this year. Took him to the playoffs to get back to himself. But he had already had two wins to fall back on. He's got no wins. He's fifth in points. And he seems like he's falling into a summer slump. He didn't even lose the points lead a little. He's down 29 from the lead to 29. That's nuts. And then you got Bell. He stayed in sixth. I mean, these two guys were leading the points, and now they're, they're in fifth and sixth, just struggling a little bit. Kyle Busch is making a climb back up. After, I think it was Kansas, when he wrecked out of that race, and... He had a couple bad runs at the short tracks. He kind of fell way down. He's back up to seventh. Hamlin is sitting in that eighth spot. Been a little inconsistent for him. I mean, he got destroyed at the Coke 600. A good run there probably would have pushed him up a few spots. Larson is in ninth. Reddick down to tenth. Reddick just struggling with consistency. Um, this is kind of how he go, how he is. He's up and down. He goes from the best driver to just a middle of the pack driver in the matter of weeks. But the good thing for Redick is he's so good that when he is on a hot streak, he just he always gets a win within a short race span. Like we see him get hot in the beginning of this year, running up front, wins Coda, almost wins Bristol last year. He won those road courses, got a win in the playoffs. So I I have high hopes for Redick. Kozlowski down to 11th he had a rough race engine problems Logano up to 12th it's crazy that Logano's down that far but just one win at Atlanta thank god he got that win because I mean they'd be sitting there thinking we might not even make the playoffs if we don't win because you got Bowman Elliott a bunch of really good guys below the cutoff they could win and pass him Chris Buescher is down to 13th Stenhouse, down to 14th Stenhouse. He, he is, when you look at, say, I would call him probably B cars. I mean, you would think SHR would be A-level cars. When you look at the B cars, the guys who are a step below the best guys, or maybe Stenhouse is even a little bit farther than that. I mean, in years past, probably. But this year, he is he is... For the guys in his class of how fast their cars are and everything, he's beating everybody. He's contending with, like, the RFK cars, a lot of the Stuart Haas. I mean, you would never expect Stenhouse to be running 14th in points, has a win. He's ahead of Briscoe, Priest, Eric Jones, Marola, AJ Allmendinger, Justin Haley, Lejoy, McDowell. I mean, he's Austin Sindrick. He's ahead of a ton of good cars, Ty Gibbs even. So I think it's a combination of them finding some speed and also Stenhouse just running some of the best races of his career, having one of the best seasons of his career as well. Bubba Wallace is in 15th. He stayed there. Pretty fortunate to be able to stay there considering he DNF'd. Yeah, he did DNF, wrecked his car. Not of his doing. Would have been a decent run for him think he was right there in the top 10-ish when that happened. Daniel Suarez is up to 16th. Um, come, He had a top 10. Would expect a little more out of him. We'll see what happens. I think they got the speed to run better. He's going back to the track where he last won, but if he doesn't win, it's going to be a year since his last win. He definitely needs some momentum bowman actually dropped in the points wouldn't expect that out of bowman because he's got like one of the best average finishes i think he may have the best average finish out of every anybody let me check it right now he has a 11.8 average finish and actually blaney has an 11.3 and that's the best one got a lot of guys in the low 12s in 12 area but 11.3 blaney and then 11.8 bowman and Blaney has run a lot more races than Bowman, so I think that definitely helps him. I mean, helps Bowman, because the more races you run, I think the harder it is to be consistent. Alright, so that's that for the standings. This The point standings battle is really fun to look at this year, because it's getting flip-flopped so much. And at this point, I think you could look at it, and it was Elliott, Chastain, and Bush were all up in the top three by a good chunk. And the way they were running at the time i think i know kyle had back to back seconds in the at charlotte and gateway and then elliot had some good runs or elliot actually had struggled a little bit but was still high in the points so you didn't know if he was going to start going backwards and Chastain was doing extremely well but then this was the turning point where Elliott started to take off a ton and run away with the points lead. He almost won Road America. He ran well at Sonoma, Nashville, Atlanta. So if it's anything like last year, then it'll really, we'll see someone emerge here. But it just looks like it's going to keep trading between Byron Blaney, maybe Harvick. I mean, I I doubt Harvick gets the speed to be able to contend with those guys. Maybe Beller Chastain climbs back up and then I don't know, maybe Kyle Busch, he's going to a road course where he's drawing out. Maybe he makes a run for it. He's 44 points out, which is doable for sure. Larson, I mean, the way they've been running, he's 84 points out. So it would be insane if he made a run back to the front like that. But he could definitely do it. I. They're, they're struggling and then fin- being in second on the last lap or the last two laps. So I think that teams dangerous. I mean Sonoma they could win easily. Nashville they could win easily. Road America, I mean Chicago they could definitely win. What else? Pocono he can win. Michigan. Watkins Glen, Richmond. There he could he could be the favorite to win every single race for the whole through the whole summer except for I would say Atlanta and Daytona because those are plate races but That doesn't matter if he's running as good as I'm talking about in all the other ones, even New Hampshire. Another thing is, we're getting to crunch time for the guys who haven't made the playoffs yet. Um, You look at Daytona and Atlanta, and I'm talking about Elliott Bowman, even some of the Stuart Haas guys. You take away Daytona and Atlanta, places you don't really want to go into saying, oh yeah, we could win this race. You got a couple road courses, a couple short tracks, some intermediates. There's really not that many tracks left that you want to look at and say we could win this. I mean, if you go to a road course right now and you're Bowman, you have to beat Larson, Reddick, Elliott, which Bowman does. He he does run really good at the road courses, but still, it's just going to be really tough for them. I don't think both of them. I'm at the point where I don't think both of them are going to make the playoffs. I think it'll be Elliott or Bowman or neither at this point because what makes me think that they're going to step up and beat their teammates now when their teammates are out running them week in and week out I don't think they're going to go winless throughout the whole year because they still got 10 more races in the playoffs I think Elliott will win at least one and Bowman will contend for a few and probably win one I just think they're calling it close to make the playoffs off a win alright enough about all that back onto the actual race it was kind of a weird one for me i was like in the middle of something in the beginning so it made the lightning delay go by really fast and kind of the boring parts go by fast i started watching i think i started watching like right at the beginning of the final stage i did not expect bush to be able to go out there win the pole and dominate the race like he did just because rcr short track package is terrible and i know this isn't necessarily a short track but the flat narrow corner or the flat like sharp corners i thought would really hurt them but they were pretty good at phoenix which i know it's not really comparable but it's like a hybrid of a short track and an intermediate i almost think it's since it's shaped like darlington but it kind of has the corners of richmond almost except a little bit flatter Maybe that I have no idea. I think that's a decent comparison. And when you look at the racing product, it's like pretty good. It's an okay race, not as bad as a short track, but it's not even close to as good as an intermediate. So it has it has the characteristics of an in between. The cautions at the end were a little excessive. As a Kyle Busch fan, I just wanted him to drive be able to drive away. I thought Larson was really going to have a little bit more for him at the end, but Bush's best restart was the last one. And he was having decent restarts throughout and still holding Larson off, so when he got that really good push from it was either Hamlin or Blaney, whichever one of them went behind him. It was just going to be really tough for Larson. I thought he was going to throw an insane slider and get the lead, and maybe Bush was going to have to cross him all, but I, I didn't think it would be as easy as it was. But it ended, he ended up getting shot out in front. Hamlin had a good run coming, but they went into... So, Hamlin cleared Larson and actually had a really good run going. But they went into the corner and Bush just went right to the bottom. And Hamlin, hit, Bush's car just drove in so deep like it wasn't qualifying. And he just drove right away. So, I do think... I think the best car won. I was checking lap times and... Hamlin was fast at points, Blaney was fast at points, but there at the end when the sun went down, Bush was in dirty air in about 4th or 5th, and he was still outrunning all the cars in front of him, even the leader. So I thought if he got up there, he was going to be tough to beat, and that's what ended up happening. I don't know if this makes Bush a championship for a contender. I think he's, he's building up playoff points. I mean, what's he got? Three three wins, a stage win, that's 16. He's 7th in points. I mean, he's he's running good enough, and there's not enough short tracks to bring him down. As long as he has clean races, I'm sure he could maybe climb into the top 5 in points, depending on how well he runs on some of these road courses. They finish second at road Amer- at Coda, like I said. If he gets top 5 in points, he grabs another 5 playoff points he's at 20 that's a good little cushion and that's not to say he goes out and wins another and gets to 25 goes into Darlington in the first round it's gonna be tough to um knock him out of that round and then the dreaded round of 12 is he's he really needs a cushion for that that the eight car won Texas last year and then you go to like homestead Vegas you would think he could win either of those. And if he doesn't win those, if he runs top five, Martinsville is probably going to be their Achilles heel. But if they have that points buffer and they just scrounge out a top 15 day with two other really good runs, I have no doubt that he can make the final four. I can't put him in the same class as Byron and Larson because they're just good everywhere. And you would think if JGR could get it together, they'd be good everywhere as well. But the RCR guys just find, they just hit on something one weekend and they're the best car and they get it done. This is what they did at Auto Club. This is what they did this weekend. And there's a few other places they've had really good speed. So I would say right now I'd probably put them in my Final Four. They're not leading laps like everyone else, like Truex is leading a ton of laps, Blaney. But I would probably say Blaney's Final Four, but... What they're doing different is they're just closing out races and getting those wins and playoff points. The brake rotor issue. So there's a million podcasts that talk about this. Basically, they go into the corner since it's so flat and and, um, sharp. They just are so hard on the brakes and then they have super long straightaways. So they're getting air pushed into them, cooling them down. And it's just the constant heating and cooling, expanding and shrinking is just causing them to blow up. That cost bunch of guys there's days you can't really say it's crappy parts because it's one track and the track's definitely an an anomaly to the other ones i don't rem- remember us having issues like this anywhere else even martinsville i don't think there are many brake failures so i don't blame it on the parts too much i'm sure they'll fix it up and figure it out for next year so no big deal but now before we go on to the first event's move of the race in the underdog of the race, I think we got to talk about the biggest thing going into the weekend, which was probably which is Chase Elliott being out and probably Corey LeJoy and Carson Hosovar. So the thing about Corey LaJoy is, yeah, he had a bad run, but when Bush went to the 8, I look at it like this. Bush went from the 18 to the 8. Everyone knew the 18 was a super fast car, and the 8 was maybe a little bit slower than it. But the big thing that everyone talked about was adjusting, working with a new team, blah, blah, blah. So nobody expected Bush to go out and run as good as he's running. Bush is kind of a bad example because he is running really good. But my point is going to a new team is always like a big deal and no one expects a guy to just instantly click with them. So that's no different for Corey LaJoy hopping on this team. Yeah, the car is super fast. But he's unfamiliar with everything. He didn't. He crashed out of this race last year. The nine car finished 21st last year. So you can't really expect too much out of him. But here's the thing. The first offense move of the race this week goes to Kyle Busch. On that last pit sequence, it was going to be a battle between him, Byron, and Hamlin most likely. Maybe Blaney. Larson stayed out on old tires. Busch's crew had a pretty fast pit stop. They gained one spot. Hamlin was actually the first car on four tires so it was Hamlin and Larson on the front row but Bush was able to push Larson out and then take the top side roll the top and actually get past both of them and this was super important because once he got in the clean air with four tires what ended up happening is every time you would have a restart he would get in front of Larson and then Larson just didn't seem fast enough to keep pace with bush so we kind of held up hamlin i think hamlin or blaney would have been the only ones that could have potentially gotten around kyle but once he got that clean air there was nothing they could do so that one restart really is what got him that track position and ultimately won him the race it was a great move so it deserves the first offense move of the race this week's underdog of the race was kind of tough because we had a lot of underdogs running very well Michael McDowell was super fast in practice. I think he had top 5 10 lap average speed in practice and they kept taking 2 tires, maintaining track position. They ended up with a top 10 really good run for that team and they really had they had the speed. It's It was no accident that they finished that well. You look at some of the cars they were out running, they were definitely punching above their weight. So, Great run with a little bit of momentum built up going into a road course where McDowell is super fast and these are definitely the tracks that he looks at to win so who knows what can happen maybe he can get it done here I do also want to say that Carson Josevar and Ricky Stenhouse were both having super good runs they just were taken out of it so they would have definitely been contenders if they had finished the race alright now let's see what you guys thought of the race with the race takes always on my Instagram poll like I say every single week so let's see what we got. I do want to go over one thing. I asked everyone if Kyle Busch was going to the championship four. And we got 82% yeses, 74 yeses, and 16 noes. So I guess everyone thinks he's making it. All right, time for race takes. So we got two. This is always when there's a kind of a boring race. No one has much to say. Busch looked like Larson yesterday. Great race. Yeah, Busch... I mean, Bush looked like Bush, though, because <laughs> we know this is how good he is when he's in a fast car. So he was just, he had a good car. He was put himself where he needed to be and just ran a really good race. And him and Larson battling it out at the end, that's about as good as it gets. So we definitely saw Kyle Busch get pushed to the limits. I know Larson's car wasn't the best, but it seemed to be pretty good in clean air. And he still held off Hamlin and those guys for a while until the end. Blaney is turning things around. Yeah, Blaney coming off a Coke 600 win. Him and Bush were the fastest cars all day. He definitely could have won that race if things went a little bit different, and he's leading the points. So, a couple more wins. I mean, if Blaney could just find consistency, we know how good he can be. Going to Phoenix to one of his best tracks for the championship. We'll see what happens. I think if he doesn't peak and then drop a little before the during the playoffs he can get a couple more wins before and then just run good and have a really good finish that's what finish to his season that's what it would take for him to win a championship and he's looks like he's getting on schedule to be one of the top guys all right now we got some nas facts these are both from trey ryan on twitter follow him he he posts a ton all right a Richard Childress racing car led more than 100 laps in a cup race for the first time since October 6, 2013 at Kansas with Kevin Harvick. RCR wins three of the first 15 races of the season for the first time since 2011. And then here's another crazy one. Randall Burnett has the most wins out of any crew chief in the Cup Series garage in the last 34 races. And I think he has the most in the next-gen car, too, because he has six. I don't know who would have more than him because what car number has won more than six races because there hasn't really been any driver changes other than Bush and Reddick. So I think he's he's really, he, I mean, he's arguably the best crew chief in the garage right now. And Bush, I mean, he's got two championships. He's got the most wins out of anybody they're they're really if they can get fast on short tracks and a little tiny bit faster on intermediates and who knows about road courses they could be pick up i mean six seven maybe eight races this year it'd be nuts but they could definitely do it and it's fun to watch especially <laughs> of course it's fun for me because i kyle bush is my guy all right that's it for NASFAX. Now we got some other stuff I want to talk about. Trucks Majeski was my, not my pick. Zane was my pick. Majeski took him out. I mean, he was just going for it, but still I would be furious personally. I don't know. I mean, I don't think Majeski's like a dirty driver. I wouldn't I I never see him do stuff like this. I think it was a stupid move, but he apologized so i don't have a problem with that he was just going for it xfinity i don't know how i feel about portland i mean they're going like to the opposite corner of the country and no cup guys get to run it i like when cup guys run the xfinity series it makes it so much more entertaining like i thought that i mean that race was entertaining there was a lot of fights guys wrecking each other which is awesome but there was no one going going through the field which has a lot to do with the track, but look what Dinger did last year. That was nuts. So I'm looking forward to another road course in the Xfinity series, but we got Larson, and I think we got Chastain, Dinger, definitely a lot of guys. That'll be fun. I personally think we could do without Portland. I think the Xfinity cars would put on an insane show at Gateway just because their package is the best out of any package. I mean... Brett Griffin, the guy on Door Bumper Clear, says that they have the best racing out of any car in the world, which I think I might agree with. I mean, it's the best oval. It's NASCAR, which I think, NASCAR obviously, I like NASCAR the best. And on top of that, it's, like, the best package for NASCAR. So it's, like, the ultimate racing. And, I mean, that just goes to show that if you put our best guys our, our cup guys in a really good package the racing could be so good so hopefully we can just get closer to that with the cup car briscoe penalty i mean they cheated up a part to the next level completely built a new part put their own labels on it or put the next gen part labels on it to fake it out and got caught so that's a huge win <laughs> he was laps down he was a lap down in the coke 600 so early with that part. So that's just saying that they're just trying so hard but can't find speed. They need they definitely need some changes. I mean, losing Harvick, he's completely carrying them right now, completely carrying them. And I just Josh Barry is an amazing driver, but how could he go in there and do what Harvick's doing cuz just Harvick's experience puts so much speed in the car. That's why they run so good. Not, I mean, he's a great driver, but the combination of how smart Harvick is and Childers is why they run so good. I don't think Harvick's out there, like, putting a 30th place car in the top 10. I think he's making the car a top 10 car and then running it perfectly. So I, I, Josh Berry's such a good driver, but without, like, the veteran Harvick, I don't know how they're going to do but we'll have to wait and see. Maybe they got something, some secret trick they're gonna pull and come back strong. But this is just not their year. Still haven't gotten a win yet. I don't know the last year they've went winless, but this could be this could be a rough one. All right, next week we got Sonoma, Xfinity, and Sonoma night race too. I'm like it's gonna be nuts. Friday practice at 4:05. Qualify Saturday at 3 o'clock. Races eight o'clock. Oh, I'm an idiot. It's because it's they're on the west coast, so it's gonna be five o'clock Eastern time. Um, yeah, the they'll still be racing in the sunset. My pick for Xfinity. I mean, I kind of I think I'm gonna go Larson. I was originally gonna go AJ Dinger, but Larson, I think is gonna be the guy to beat. What car is he running though? He's running the seventeen Hendrick Motorsports car. I don't know if that car is built in JRM. I mean, maybe it's built in Xfinity, but Hendrick is just so good that they're gonna make that thing so fast. I do think he has to qualify in though, which he should be able to do easily because he's gonna, uh, if it rains, he'll still be able to qualify in the rain so he can't get screwed by the metric or whatever. So he'll definitely make it. Bowman did cut a tire, though, in that truck race earlier this year and didn't get to qualify. So it can definitely happen. I think he'll be fine, though. I'm going Larson. Cup Series race is 3.30 Sunday. Practice and qualifying is at 5 o'clock and 6 o'clock on Saturday. And I got to backtrack a little because the Xfinity race is at 8 o'clock Eastern time. So, yeah, we're going to see a uh, Xfinity night race road course. No stages, I think it's going to make it a good race. I just The strategies are awesome when there's a guy on new tires coming through the field. stuff. So I love that. When there's a super fast car that's on a different strategy going against another pretty fast car, it's a good race, like Redick and Byron last year. So if we can just get that, it'll be a good race. Gateway kind of ended a streak of really great races, but I think we can rebound in Sonoma and have a good one. We got that new package, too. It should be more passing than last year. We'll just have to see. But the the natural race, no stages. It should definitely be better. All right, I'll be in living in Mooresville in one week. So check out the other podcast, The First Defense Story. I'm talking all about it. I'm going to try to join the team. I'm just going to be going out, offering my help, get more involved, and see where it takes me. So... Yeah, I'm going to be experiencing all this through the first person, no more TV. All right. Anyways, I hope you guys like this episode. I'll see you guys next week after Sonoma when I'm in Mooresville. Hopefully, I make it. (laughs) And the Wi-Fi is good and everything so I can get this podcast out. But until then, have a good week. Enjoy Sonoma. I'll see you guys. Peace.